Wayne and Andrew. I'm Aaron. This is Paul. This is Wayne. Hi, I'm Andrew. Now, Paul. Yes, sir. There's no rum in my coffee this morning. Oh, what, but, what are you doing to me? But I've been doing Jaeger shots since I got out of bed, so. <laughs> 5 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> well, he has to get up early because he has to go to the bathroom. It happens when you get man gets older. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so yeah, so you know, I'm, 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 I'm you know, it's there's not, it's, I'm not, you know, Rummy Aaron, but you know, I'm Jaeger Aaron. Yeah, but we don't have a, we don't have a, an Aunt May book to talk about today. Yeah. So or Tim to egg me on or X twenty three. Yeah, I, I don't think we have anyone elderly in any of the books today. Well, there's that was that was disturbing. I gotta say, uh, with your whole sexual heat thing, Aaron. She's smoking hot. Yeah, who's hot? <laughs> Aunt May. And, and Oliver Queen's mom. And, and Helen Mirren. Yeah, are you going to dispute that Helen Mirren's hot? No, Helen Mirren's pretty hot. Thank you. What? No. Yes. Oh, my she God. She was. Yeah, no, still is. is. Yeah. Oh, my God. Something wrong with you guys. You know what's not wrong with me? I got some Christmas presents this year. Did you get some Christmas presents? Were you a I, good boy this year, Andrew? Because I, I find that unlikely. I've apparently been an excellent uh, boy. So uh, just to give you a quick rundown, I got a set of Marvel pint glasses featuring such luminaries as Spider-Man, Captain America, and Iron Man, the Hulk. I got a uh, Star Wars uh, Death Star Imperial-like travel mug for my coffee in the morning. Uh, I got some things for Flames of War, which is a miniatures game I play. Uh, I picked up – now, I would never have thought to buy this for myself, but my son is kind of – he's kind of a present-giving genius because – and maybe it's just because you're young and you don't have preconceptions and stuff, but he'll just walk into a store and see something like, I, sh- I want to get that for dad or I want to get that for mom. So he apparently picked me out a set of the Hobbit Pez dispensers, which include <laughs> eight, ten different Pez dispensers. Uh-huh. That is awesome. I've seen that at the store. I've seen that one. I've seen the Lord of the Rings one. And the Lord of the Rings one just catches my attention because it has one that is just the Eye of Sauron. And it's, you know, it's not anything I would have ever thought to buy for myself, Wayne, but I got him like, this is actually pretty awesome. <laughs> this is, this is pretty cool. And so I've labeled them each with the dwarf name because, you know, you got to have a cheat sheet. Um, and, and I've got them up on my, my bookshelf now, but I also, and I think perhaps most importantly for this podcast, my, my buddy Uriah, heart of my heart, soul of my soul, got me a one year subscription to Marvel Unlimited. Oh, wow. wow. And it's, it's pretty hot. I, uh. I've been reading a lot of – really, I was reading regular books, and then he got me the subscription, and since then, I've just been reading comics on Marvel Unlimited. Okay, oh. so you have an assignment for next week because I want okay. to talk about this because I, I read it on Marvel Unlimited as well, yes. uh, Age of Ultron. Okay, uh, so, no problem. So because I'd like to talk about it next week when we do the fun- I find that when I don't have to pay for <laughs> the comic books – yeah. I am very open to reading anything you anyone asks me to read. I, I will read it and talk about it. I just don't like paying, you know, four sure. four bucks an issue for it. Sure, Marvel Unlimited's a really good value. You know, yeah. um, I'm. It makes me not feel quite so pressured to pick up books when they come out because I'm like, meh, it'll be out there in six months. Absolutely, you know? yeah. So. Huh. Absolutely. I, I highly recommend it. And, you know, I didn't pay for it, obviously. But, Aaron, it's around $60, $65 a year. Yeah, about that. About mm-hmm. that. Yeah, totally worth it. And, yeah, and, there, and there's two levels. There's the Marvel Unlimited and there's the Marvel Unlimited Plus, which is the version that Paul has that gives you the uh, special action figure, the collector's box, gets you uh, discounts at the Marvel store, all that kind of fun stuff. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. 
Yeah, that, that that is a very nice gift from a friend. All I Aaron got me for Christmas was a reach around. Um, I, you know, I, I kind of thought one of you. Oh, go on. Defend yourself. That is not correct, Paul. <laughs> Tell them what I got you for Christmas. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm not actually complaining at all about uh-huh. what Aaron got me for Christmas. He got me a a puzzle box um, in the shape of the Superman symbol, and it's very awesome. It's a hand carved wood with you know it's a puzzle box. You pull it apart and it opens up a secret compartment. Yeah, and um, and also a a pin from uh, promo- promotional material from Superman Four from uh, you know nineteen eighty seven. Yes, I got him a piece of promotional material from the worst Superman film ever made. Well, you know what? <laughs> it still counts. It's still a Superman film. That's right. Th- th- that's what I called the reach around. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Aaron, didn't you get Paul the juicer that Superman you know put his hand into? And in, what was that? The first one, second one. What in the world are you talking about? You know, he and Lois Lane are there, and they're making juice with that automatic juicer. Right oh, yeah. Office, and he sticks his hand in it, and of course he's not actually hurt like he should be. Right. Yeah. Yes, I did. I did get I did get that for Paul. Oh, thank God. Yes. <laughs> Look at Andrew remembering something from a film that no one remembers anything from. <laughs> well, that wasn't from four. That was from one of the first or second one. I can't remember which. But. That was like from three. Was it three? Yeah, it could have been. No, Lois wasn't in three all that much, was she? No. Or at all. No, it's anyway. from two. Yeah. Moving on, though, um, I got some books from from family members. So, uh, but really, the big thing is is Marvel Unlimited and the stuff my my son and wife got me. So those oh. those were the big gifts this year, and uh, it was fantastic. Aaron, what did you get? What did Paul get you? Paul got me Gorilla Grodd. Well done. Yes, and you know he's he's up there on my shelf. I've got a uh, a uh, Gorilla Grodd from Kingdom Come action figure. Uh, and so I, I have placed the Gorilla Grodd from Brave and the Bold. Is that what that series is? Is that where, where he's from? I think so. Yeah, I think Looks so. Like it. Yeah. And so and he's got a, a little missile shooter thing mounted to his arm. And, and uh, he's all made up very flash pointy with uh, the armor and whatnot. So uh, he's really cool. I like him. Nice. Um, so in terms of nerdy gifts this year, I got the uh, Death in the Family hardcover. I got the uh, Shazam hardcover. Nice. I got – oh, gosh. What else did I get? I'm looking around my room. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I think I think the most important gift you got is the one that keeps you warm at night. Well, I, I'm really not comfortable talking about the uh, the sexual gifts provided to me. But uh, oh, perhaps you're talking about my Superman pajamas. Can't they be both? <laughs> uh, yeah. Does it one have to do with the other? <laughs> uh, my wife got me the uh, the Superman onesie, inclusive of cape. Uh, you know, footy pajama. It's got the little footies in it, and uh, you know the Superman Union suit. And I'm dead sexy in it. I don't know how she keeps her hands off you. I don't know how you keep <laughs> that thing on for more than five minutes because I imagine once she sees you, it comes right off. Oh yeah, oh yeah. She has to have me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I got that. I got uh, I got Justified season four on Blu-ray. And if you're not watching Justified, uh, you should be because it's just now that Breaking Bad's off, it's the best show on television. It's Very nice, fantastic. So I got lots of cool stuff. Very nice. I don't think I've ever even heard of it. Just, really? Oh God, it's so good. Wait, wait. This means Wayne doesn't listen to our podcast because <laughs> Aaron talked about Justified at length on the Christmas episode. You are on that episode, Wayne. Wayne didn't listen to me. Apparently not. Um, Justified is about a U.S. marshal who is uh, originally in the Florida office, 
gets sent back to his home office uh, where he grew up in Kentucky because of a justified shooting. Uh, justified means that he was appropriately shooting the the, uh, the perp, but the perp has put a hit out on him. And so he has to go back to his – you know they have to move him to another state, and they move him back to his hometown of Kentucky. And he's got all this different you know family drama and, uh, and you know colorful characters as one might have in the hills of Kentucky. And it's just a wonderful show, and Timothy Oliphant is brilliant in it. Just brilliant in it, and, and you know, he really is. I mean, you know, I, I I think that I could go that way with Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be willing to give it up. <laughs> but you know what's what's so great about the show is that as brilliant as Timothy Oliphant is, uh, or Oliphant, or however you pronounce his last name, uh, as brilliant as he is on the show, the bad guys are even better. They've got just this tremendous cast of bad guys. I love Justified. Just love it. And it streams on uh, Amazon Prime. So if uh, you've got Amazon Prime, I think you can watch it for free. I do. I should probably check that out. It but is awfully darn good. I didn't realize so, anyone had Amazon Prime. Uh, a lot of people do. I don't. but I mean, as a student, I get it pretty cheap. So uh, I don't know if I would pay full price for Amazon Prime, but for the student student rate, yeah. What's the student rate? like half of the regular rate really so because i think it's what 79 dollars a year for the full so you're paying about 40 yeah wow that's not yeah. a deal at all the sad thing most of the people i know that have amazon prime don't watch any of the movies or things they just do it for the shipping yeah and that's why i did it originally and then uh oh i don't know maybe about a month ago my father was over and was like hey you know you can stream save stream things for free if you have amazon prime I'm like what <laughs> well, you know, the, the nice thing about Amazon Prime is that a lot of the stuff that's not available on Netflix is available on Amazon Prime. For instance, a lot of the uh, – uh, oh, gosh, the CBS material, you know, like uh, uh, you know, the stuff that they're currently running on their network and Showtime and whatnot that you know, just isn't available over there on, on Netflix. For instance, Justified. Justified's not on Netflix for whatever reason. Yeah. But, well, it's, it's contracting. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Paul, besides getting an awesome Superman puzzle box, what else did you, what, wait, 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 I'm going to guess coal, coal. Did you get coal? <laughs> um, I did not actually. I'm huh. shocking. I did not get wow. coal. Wow. You, fo- you fooled the fat man this year. <laughs> so what, what did Fo- you get? Foiled again. Um, <laughs> so I got a bunch of awesome stuff. I got a, um, I got a t-shirt that shows all the Superman logos throughout mm-hmm. the years. Oh, that's cool. Um, I got a bunch of ornaments, actually. I got a Man of Steel ornament. I got a Joker ornament from uh, The Dark Knight. And I got a Batman and Robin two-pack um, done in the design of Batman the Animated Series um, that was at Target this year. Um, I got a bunch of like little Superman goodies, things like uh, a Superman journal, um, Superman candy cane, stuff like that. My sister went wild at Big Lots, picking you, me up all these little Superman things. Are you going to start journaling? I might. Ooh. I might. Start writing um, down all your thoughts and feelings every day like David Sedaris does? Dear probably God. not because she didn't get me a Superman pen. She just got me the journal. Oh. You can't use a regular pen with a Superman journal. Oh. I'm sure. Wait, wait. Don't you have a, a pen from Superman 4? <laughs> not, not, not a P-I-N. true. P-I-N. <laughs> oh, P-I-N, not P-E-N. You're right. Ah. Um, I, also, I, I will make sure you have Superman pens waiting for you at Fear the Con then, Paul. Yes. So you can start journaling about it. Your diary. Today, Wayne gave me a pen. <laughs> and that is the only entry in the journal. 
hey, all I know is David Sedaris created a huge career out of writing in a journal. I'm just saying, maybe not a bad idea. I am an interesting dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got um, – Your uh, diary. Today I made two, two underlined BMs. Karen. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> Which is very cool. I got a bunch of hardcover uh, hardcovers. I got the Injustice Volume One hardcover. I got the Joker Death of the Family hardcover, which is not the same one that Aaron got. This is the one that has all the tie-ins. That one Aaron has on order. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got Shadow Walk, which is the Mark Wade Shane Davis hardcover from Legendary Comics. Um, I got the Joe Matarira Spider-Man Wolverine hardcover, which uh contains uh the joe mad um arcs on spider-man team up and um savage wolverine very nice and i'm a, I'm a huge joe, huge joe mad fan so i'm pretty excited about that um and i got the absolute superman batman hardcover nice. uh, that contains the the arcs by uh ed mcginnis and michael turner very nice and uh you know my sister picked me up the he-man she-ra christmas special on dvd which I, I think is, is a pretty cool gift. No one else does, but it's, I do. It's something. <laughs> so, so Wayne, how did you make out? All right. Well, I got the expected uh, Blu-rays, uh, Man of Steel, Pacific Rim, which I sit down and watched uh, right away because my wife hadn't seen it yet. Um, other than that, uh, some of the surprise stuff. I got the the hardcover of the Wedding of Archie. Because I mentioned oh. that before, that I actually was enjoying those stories because they were more adult stories. Uh, I got the first trade of the the Life of Riley, the uh, the Ben Riley trade paperbacks. Right. Those are like you know thirty four, thirty five dollar trades, so they're huge. One of the uh, one of the cool things I got that I, I put out there on uh, Facebook and Twitter was I got the thirty one inch Superman. Nice. Big, giant Superman. My nephew got it for me. Is that the Man of Steel Superman? It is. Okay, I've seen it. Yeah, it's huge. So my nephew got it for me. Apparently, he was walking through the store and stopped. He's like, this is for Wayne. And then (laughs) he tried to talk him out of it. He's like, no, I don't know that he would want that. (laughs) But he just he continued to get it. It's one of those things where I've I've walked past it and I've looked at it. It's like, I want that, but I won't buy that for myself. So uh, when it was time to, to go back home, I of course he got strapped in, seat belted in. Oh so yeah, I saw that picture himself. Yeah, your wife was in the trunk, but you, you strapped. <laughs> you strapped in Superman, made sure he was safe. He stuffed Sarah in the trunk. It'll be okay back here, honey. <laughs> it's okay. We were we were doing her PT cruiser. There's plenty of room back there. <laughs> so okay, so I know that at least myself, Wayne, and Paul all fill out lists for our families. That are essentially commitments, or these are the things that I will not buy for myself during this period of between Thanksgiving and Christmas, so that you know family can go out and, and do our shopping for us, right? So, what's the thing on your list that you had down that you were hoping to get but didn't? I actually, surprisingly, there wasn't anything. I expected, like normally, I'll put down trade paperbacks and I never get them, but this year my wife gave me. Uh, you know, the Dark Knight Rises early. Or not Rises, uh, Dark Knight over Metropolis early. And then I got the trades I didn't expect to get. I got all of the movies that I you know, had put on there. 
I for the first year ever, I think everything on my list that I promised not to buy, I got. Okay, so Paul, what was the thing on your list that uh, you had down but didn't get? You know, so I had my little list. It wasn't really little. a little list. Yeah. Um, like John I'm, Holmes' I'm, list. It, it, it's his uh, manuscript, is what it is. Yeah, my manifesto. He, he he turns it in, you know, fully bound. Paul's Christmas list, 2013, leather cover. Nice. <laughs> fully annotated and indexed. Well, it has to be hardcover because it's too many papers. To, it's too many pages to do softback. You know, his, his his little nephews and nieces ask, "What does Ibid mean?" You know, <laughs> fully, fully, fully footnoted. <laughs> Well, so I'm looking at it right now, and I'd say, you know, I have no complaints about what I got. I got a ton of great stuff, including, um, did I tell you guys I got the Young Justice PlayStation 3 game for my birthday? You did not. Wow, congratulations. I I want that game, but I don't have it yet. I didn't know about it in time to uh, to add it to my list. Yeah, see, I've got a, a combined birthday Christmas list. And, um, you know, all of my gifts this year were comic related so i had horror things on there like friday the 13th and and chucky um that i didn't get but i'd say the thing that i was a little i guess that that i'm a little sad that i didn't get but i'm just gonna go out and get it myself um are two hardcovers um black beetle volume one from francesco francovia and dark horse comics it's an awfully pretty book and uh superior spider-man volume one hardcover nice but you know at the same time as much as i want that I do kind of have all the issues digitally, thanks to the free digital codes. Right. So it's really Black Beetle that I think is is the main one because you know Dark Horse I don't have any of their stuff digitally. Sure. So I'm gonna go with that. Well, and in in your member of Marvel Unlimited, which means you can also read all the Superior Spider-Man stuff online. Yeah, true, true. But there's something you about have... having that nice juicy hardcover. No, I, I <laughs> well, <laughs> particularly when they it's a hardcover like a premium hardcover. You know, like. Uh, uh, Marvel will do the oversized ones. Well, that's what this one is. Yeah, those are nice. Those are nice. So, Andrew, did you have anything on your list, or did you even do a list this year? You know, I do a list for, like, I, I do a couple lists. I do a list for, like, my in-laws, and my parents just give me whatever they want, so I don't really do a list for them. <laughs> and then I, I typically fill out a list at my local gaming store for anyone who wants to wander by. Uh, I tend to mention things to people, which is how I got you know Marvel Unlimited through URI. I just showed up. I was like, wow, they're having a sale for it. I hope someone gets it for Christmas. And bam, there you go. Um, so, you know, no, I, I don't, you know, this wasn't on a list. I would mentioned it to my wife a couple months ago, um, but, you know, it wasn't officially on a list. But there's this Under Armour has come out with a line of superhero shirts. Yes. And they have, I posted a picture back at the time, but it was a red one with the black Superman logo on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd really kind of like that shirt. So I'm, I, you know, I, I didn't expect anyone to get to me, but or for me, but I, I, I would have been nice to get. So I, I'm kind of thinking about picking that up now that Christmas has passed. Yeah. Are those still available? I remember I last know. time I looked, they were really hard to find. I, I don't know. Well, for for a man like Andrew, things become available. I have, I have friends. <laughs> yeah. I got the uh, the Injustice Gods Among Us T-shirt, mm-hmm. and that is some beautiful artwork. It's the same artwork from the. That they do for the uh, the ads for it, so it's that nice, you know, painted art of uh, the heroes and villains. Yeah, really cool. Well, I had on my list, uh, you know, I I think most of the geek stuff that I got was directly from my list. But one of the things I had on my list was the seasons two and three DVDs of the Six Million Dollar Man, <laughs> and I didn't get them. But here's the thing. Yeah. 
and I'll, and I'll tell this in very hushed tones so that nobody hears. <laughs> I noticed after on Black Friday they had them on sale because they're normally like you know twenty five dollars for each of those seasons, and they had them on sale for like nine dollars. Yeah, and I kept I kept going. I shouldn't get them because they're 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 on my list. I shouldn't get them because they're on my list. You got them, didn't you? I did, and they've been they've been hiding in the <laughs> man cave because I'm like, if she, you know, I didn't open them, didn't put them in the in the player. I'm like, if she gets them for me, I'll return them. I've got the receipt right here. I'm still within the return period, but uh, it, they didn't come. So I made the right decision. I made the right decision. My my judgment was proven sound. Well, since you're so sound in your judgment, you, I'm sure you don't mind if I email Suzanne about this. Thing. Hey, hey, easy, easy. There's no reason to get crazy here. <laughs> hey, well, you know, and uh, before we get off the uh, subject of, of getting stuff, as you know, that's what this season is all about. Um, half Price Books had their is having their 20% off sale. Uh, off so, half price. Yes, and I love it. It's my it's the it's my favorite time of the year. So I picked up the premier edition Alpha Flight uh, hardcover by Greg Pak and Fred Van Lente. Didn't we didn't we dislike that? Um, you know, I disliked the first story in it, but you know, I'm kind of interested in reading the whole thing and you know, I think I paid 6 bucks for it, so uh, Fair enough. And the and the artwork's very pretty. Well, and I don't know if, if you're like me, Aaron, but I am a sucker for buying Alpha Flight stuff. I love the original Alpha Flight, so I buy every miniseries since then, and they've all been horrible. Yeah, but I keep yeah, buying it. Sucker's the right word there. <laughs> Wayne, Wayne, we all know you're a huge fan of Box. <laughs> I, I do love Box. He loves Box. Who loves um, that Box? I picked up the uh, X Men uh, FF hardcover by uh, Victor Gishler. Uh, and I'd never read it. I, in fact, I didn't even know it was out until I saw it on the shelf. And I was like, and I flipped through it. And I'm like, this looks pretty cool. It's got Magneto and Doctor Doom. I'm in. Um, I picked up the uh, uh, Fofford and the Gray Mouse uh, by Chaikin and Mignola from Dark Horse. Oh, that's an awesome book. Yeah, it's beautiful too. It's just beautiful. So I picked that up. Uh, and I think my my biggest sweetest find was uh, the Alan Moore, Kurt Swan, Superman, Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow hardcover deluxe edition that I picked up for $8. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I was I was like, score! Because I keep me. this is one of those hardbacks I keep meaning to buy uh, and just never get around to it. I'm always seduced by something else. But uh, anyway, I was very, very pleased with my pickups from uh, Half Price Books. Oh, and I got... The uh, Guy Gardner Green Lantern action figure. I saw that. Done. That looks awesome. Yeah, he is. He's fantastic. I love him. Yeah, I wish we had a half-price books around here. I have a friend that goes to Kansas City, and he just always comes back with trades. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm glad that we don't. Quite frankly, <laughs> my, my my read pile, which you know I forgot to mention, I also got Batman Noel, and that's oh, what yeah. it is. And I'm already overdue because I was going to read that by Christmas. That's the Lee Bromeo uh, book, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a beautiful book. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just building my read pile. My read pile is crazy. <laughs> now, with, with the uh, with the number of books that we tend to read each week, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I always go to those first, and I've got just a monster stack of stuff uh, that, that requires reading. Do you ever yeah, find yourself? I've got a short box. 
Uh, I, I sadly have a long box. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have one short box of stuff I got at uh, quarter sales and things, and then I've got one shelf in the uh, that comic cabinet that yep. my wife got me last year. That's all things to read that are weekly stuff. I caught up with a lot of it over the holiday though, and then I've got one drawer that's just the trades that are backed up. Yeah, because I have a ton of those. Do you guys ever have that awkward conversation with people that you work with and you're like, oh man, my read pile is so big. And they're like, you're oh like, really? What are you reading? Are you, you know, because <laughs> I, cause I read yada yada book by yada yada author and you're like, um, well, you know, I've got Death of the Family and uh, Absolute <laughs> Batman Superman. Yeah, they think you're talking about novels and, you know, what you're talking about is graphic novels. Yeah, <laughs> correct. I'll get that. I'll mention something about painting and be like, oh, what do you paint? Watercolors, pastels, like mm, miniature army men? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel awkward now. <laughs> so, you know, now that we've spent a half hour talking about <laughs> Christmas, our, our selfish needs, um, Aaron, sir, I want you to be aware. Public service message here. From your buddy Paul. My buddy Paul. My Next Paul buddy. Fr- <laughs> this coming Friday, there is a brand new Paranormal Activity movie coming out. Oh dear. So I just want you to be aware because the the, the nightmares will begin oh, very oh, soon. Because oh, <laughs> <laughs> I rewatched the original last night. Did you? And the scene where the uh, the uh, ghost specialist says. It's not a ghost. It's a demon. <laughs> uh, I, I almost cracked up. <laughs> about you. I think about Aaron every time I see anything with paranormal activity. I think yeah. of that he had. Uh, I'm watching her. I don't trust her. <laughs> <laughs> She's just biding her time. That's right. All, you know, all demons have is time. <laughs> play the long game. So, <laughs> so good movie. I, I, I still love that first movie. Well, I went and saw a movie you recommended. Yeah. I saw uh, uh, The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog. Smog. Uh, uh, Paul? Yes, Smog. Sir. Smog, Paul. I will hop in the car. And it's figures, Paul, not figures. Figures. <laughs> <laughs> and it's pictures, not pictures. What? I never see pictures. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> so I went and saw The Desolation of Smog. And I had very much the same experience seeing it in the theater that I did when I saw the first one in the theater, which was that I got bored. Um, I, I I think I may have attention deficit disorder because come about the second hour, I was ready to be done. Um, but however, when I watched the first Hobbit, what is that? The Unexpected Journey? Is that what that, what that one's called? Right, uh, I, when I watched it on TV at home – I enjoyed it rather a lot. I think that I'm I can't do these Peter Jackson movies because I honestly I think I kind of had that same reaction when I saw each of the Lord of the Rings movies. Because uh, I could I definitely can see getting bored during the first one. Because I mean I've I enjoy the Hobbit movies, but they have some serious pacing issues. Well, and I I got frustrated uh, in the second movie with. You know, you know, Paul, you were talking last week about the new content. You know that there, there's all the new stuff that they added to the film, in addition to elements pulled from the Silmarillion. Um, I think I object rather strongly to the romance between Tariel and Legolas. Um, hmm. I, 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 I did not care much for that. It wasn't enough for me to say that I hated the movie, but I just I was, it chafed on me. You know, uh, and, and maybe I'm just a little bit too much of a Tolkien purist, but uh, that that bothered me a little bit. But 
I will concede. I think I'm going to enjoy this a whole lot more at home. You know, I just I just sat there in the theater going, Jesus, this is a long movie. And I like long movies. But the you know, you talked about how it was action from beginning to end. And and it was action from beginning to end, but it felt like watching one long car chase. Yeah. And I see that. The and you know, to Wayne's point, it was a pacing issue. I just I needed more on the screen than just them running and getting into trouble and, you know, escaping and yada yada. And I gotta say the barrel scene was shot in a way that I never imagined it in the book. Because hmm. didn't they seal the barrels in the book? Yeah. That's yeah, but they, I don't think they had the orcs in the the book in that scene, did they? No, they did not. The orcs weren't weren't chasing them in 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 the in the in the novel. But I think they left the uh, the barrels open so that you could see the actors. You know, Absolutely. The whole idea was that you're getting out under the radar. In the novel, anyway. I'm you know, pick, I'm picking nits. I think I, I I've enjoyed the movies, but I do I do feel like they probably tried to do too much. I, I try they try to do three movies, and and I think they're just trying to bring too much into it, but. Yeah. I, I mean, I have enjoyed them for the most part. Well, like yeah. I said, I, I enjoyed watching the first one at home, and yeah. and I, and I think what this tells me is that I'm not going to watch the third one in the theaters. Uh, yeah. I, I'll just wait for it to hit Blu-ray and watch it at home. Aaron, if you were at a, if you were at an AMC Cinema Suites watching it, would it have been a different experience? Well, yeah, it, it, there would have been liquor, and there would yeah. have been a recliner. You've been fully reclined, and I, I would have only seen the first half. That's right. I would have been asleep, perhaps with a whoopee. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I, I forgot to mention, I saw a movie that had Batman, Lois Lane, Mystique, Hawkeye, and Rocket Raccoon. What are you talking about, Paul? American Hustle. <laughs> uh, well done. See what you did there, sir. Well yeah. Done. Yeah, the, the, the entire main cast of that film. How is American uh, Hustle? It was actually really good. It um, was good. Yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. No, is it something you need to see in the theaters? No, it, it, it's definitely something you can enjoy just as much at home. Yeah. Than you can in the theaters, but you know we have a local theater that does uh, four dollar matinees. Sure. So I gave it a shot. I mean, cause it's because it is a good two and a half hour long movie. Yeah. And um, if you ever wanted to see how many dresses and pieces of clothing Amy Adams can wear without actually showing any any nudity, so there's this no, would be there's no Amy Adams nudity in this movie. I'm not going to get to see naked Lois Lane. You see a ton of side and under boob, mm-hmm. but no. Actual center. Do you like side and that, that might be enough. Yeah, that yeah. might be enough. Oh, I got to tell you, that's all she has in this film. I mean, like the entire film, she's wearing something huh. literally that shows everything except. I might have to watch this film after all. <laughs> now, I I did see over the weekend uh, uh, the Wolverine. And had you not seen it? Previously? I had not seen it. I didn't see it at the theaters. But you know, if I recall correctly, Wayne liked it rather a lot. Paul, not so much. Correct. Yeah. I loved this movie. Did you? I thought this movie was fantastic. Now, maybe because Aaron. it went in with lower expectations. Aaron. Yeah, I plan on going out and picking it up because uh, it wasn't on my Christmas list because it came out so late in December. Right. You do realize, Aaron, that you're agreeing with Wayne. I know. It's strange, right? Doesn't make you feel oh, but but even a broken clock is right twice a day. Yeah, see, he's stuck in a, he's stuck in a hard spot. When I love something and Paul hates something, is he going to agree with me or Paul? Either one is a bad choice for him. It's true. When when Paul likes things like Starman, it tends to you know, no, kill the rest not, of us. Not Starman, Spaceman. Oh, sorry. Uh, I didn't Star- like Spaceman. No, I had read Spaceman. <laughs> You loved it. I saw you sporting around Virginia Beach and your spaceman team. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I really like, guys? 
What's that? What? Free comic books. I oh. like free comic books too. I, I I think everyone likes free comic books. And uh, next and year, the Grinch doesn't like free. Comic. <laughs> well, the Grinch doesn't count. So next year, free comic book day again falls on the first May of uh, or the first Saturday in May. And this year, we won't all be in St. Louis for fear of the con, so we'll actually get to enjoy free comic know, book day. Do we know that for sure? Yes. Okay. Fear of the con is in said- June this year. Okay. All right. Go on. It's on the website. We're not spoiling anything. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, May 3rd, 2014, Free Comic Book Day is coming. And uh, all the books have been announced. And some of the highlights are that DC is doing the New 52 Futures End um, starting that weekly series that stars Batman Beyond. Um, They're starting that on Free Comic Book Day. Marvel has a Guardians of the Galaxy book um, that features new team members of Venom and Captain Marvel. Mm. On in Guardians of the Galaxy, Venom is a new member of Guardians of the Galaxy. Correct. Mm. Ven- yeah, you hadn't heard that. No, I had not heard that either. I do not care for that. Is it Flash Gordon Venom or Flash uh, Thompson? You mean <laughs> Flash <laughs> Gordon? No, no, Flash no. Gordon Venom. I am down for. It. I, I want. Yeah. No, I mean Flash Gordon Venom. No, Flash <laughs> it certainly looks like the Flash Thompson Venom. Yes, it does. So he's either going to be Venom or he's going to be in a wheelchair. <laughs> Ooh, hover, hover chair. Hover chair. There you go. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Did Doc Ock successfully make him new legs? Yes. Yes. Oh, well, all right. Well, never mind. Um, so there's also Mar- – I say Marvel also has a Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, so Marvel also has a Rocket Raccoon book coming out um, with all new content. Very um, IDW has a Transformers versus G.I. Joe book that I'm pretty excited about. Um, of course, there's an Atomic Robo. Yes. From Red 5 Comics. Always. A Finding Gossamer. Always Coming. a highlight of free comic book day is Tom Robo. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but one RK of the biggest is news, doing another hardcover. Yeah, that's a, yeah. The, the biggest news really is that RK is doing another hardcover. Mouse Guard again? Yeah, Mouse Guard. Uh, they apparently they now have the rights for Farscape as well. Hmm. Um, and of course it'll feature Labyrinth and Rust and some of their other properties. But you know that that's always. I mean that that first hardcover was was really fantastic. Um, See, I and, wasn't uh, overly impressed. I was impressed by the quality of it. But not by the actual content of that one. Yeah, and that's what I mean. I mean, it was, it's unusual to get something of that quality for free. Sure. Sometimes uh, you got to take form over function, Wayne. Yeah. Um, there's Avatar. so many books that look good this this time though that I, I'm going to take good of you know function over form because there's a lot of books I'm excited about looking at the list. Well, it certainly looks better than last year because last oh, year yeah. was a very disappointing free comic book day lineup. One of the books I'm excited about is uh, Epic Number Zero, because I I backed the Kickstarter for that, so I've already read the the first issue of Epic, and I I actually kind of enjoyed it. So I'm I'm excited to see that they uh, actually it was a stretch goal to be able to do Free Comic Book Day. Hmm. So apparently it made it. Yeah, it definitely made the stretch goal enough that they were able to print the copies for Free Comic Book Day because it's for a small you know independent publisher. It's kind of expensive to get involved in Free Comic Book Day. Yeah. Because you have to have a certain quantity of books that you're giving out. Yeah. Well, I think the big difference this year is that everyone seems to be putting out original content. You know, Yay. which Mar- Marvel and DC, their big books last year were reprints. Right. Um, you know, this year they have new stuff coming out. Aaron, there's an arcade. Um, excuse me. Avatar is putting out uh, an Uber Ooh. Uh, Free Comic Book Day book. Ooh. Yeah. So, I mean, 
yeah, there's a there's a, I, a, a definitely I, a reason to go out this year. I think all the little kids will enjoy their free copy of Uber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm gonna let Daniel pick that one up. Oh no, you totally should. It's kid friendly. <laughs> yeah, totally. They yeah, kill kids in those film. books too, like Charlie Manson kid friendly. Like that's like right. Baby, like child Charlie Manson friendly. <laughs> so Andrew, something you might want to let him pick up. Does he enjoy Power Rangers? He is not aware of Power Rangers. I'm trying to keep it that way. <laughs> Good for uh, you, Andrew. You are I guess you won't father. be picking this up. They're uh, they're publishing a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and it's going to be it's an all new story, and it's uh, the first time they've in comics, according to their blurb at least. Yeah, told stories of the original Power Rangers in comic hmm. form. That is new material. No. Yeah. No. He, uh, uh, my son is obsessed with Minecraft, Star Wars, and that's about it. I got to say, Andrew, every now and again, you'll post a picture of you and your son playing that Star Wars miniature game. Yeah, the X-Wing. Yeah. That always warms my heart. It's a ton of fun. We actually have a game halfway in progress out in the uh, living room right now that we didn't get in finished last night. But it, And they're beautiful miniatures. But I just love that you're you know, raising your son in the faith. Oh, so. Thank you. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. And I, I appreciate you saying that. That's nice. It's always, you know, you always feel like a bad parent. Most like, you, you know, I guess you guys probably don't know this, but at least <laughs> I feel like I'm a bad parent about like 70 percent of the time. So it's always good to get some positive reinforcement. Well, yeah, I appreciate that you're doing that. So yeah, well, keeping keeping the faith alive. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Did you uh, did you hand him a copy of Origin 2 to read this week? You know, I just read it this morning uh, when I was laying on the couch on my iPad and it's got big teddy bears in it and, and cuddly wolves. He would be sad when the wolves die. He's reading the Warrior series now and was upset the other day when one of the cats was killed. So I don't think he'd like the what happens to the wolf pack that Logan is running with. So, <laughs> hello, spoilers. Yeah, <laughs> but 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 Origin Two, you know, Karen Gillan and with Adam Kubert art was a beautiful beautiful book, Paul. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wasn't going to read it this week. In fact, I think we talked about it last week, but I had no intention of reading Origin 2 because I didn't like Origin 1. It wasn't great. You know, I, I, I liked Wolverine as a character. Then Origin came along and made him this whiny kid with an abusive father. And I'm like, oh, God. Well, I'm, I'm hearing, you know, two voices on this podcast say that <clears throat> they didn't care for the first Wolverine Origin book. It was okay. But well, it's kind of regarded as a classic. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, and I'm, I'm right there with you. It. I didn't care for the for the story either, um, but it is you know everybody else seems to like it quite a bit. I I loved like half of it. I, I thought it started really well. See, it just didn't connect with me, and I think it was just one of those things that, quite honestly, I could have gone the rest of my life without knowing Logan's origin. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it wasn't a cool origin. At least I don't. I didn't find it to be an engaging origin. If they'd give me Logan's origin and been fantastic, and I loved it, it I would have been in. But I didn't care for the direction they took. Agreed. I mean, here's the thing. It was unexpected. It was different than I think anyone thought Logan's origin was going to be. So for that, you know, it was surprising. But I don't know if I necessarily cared for it. And I'm a fan of the creative team. The original creative team was Paul Jenkins and Adam Kubert. Right. And it's now, beautifully drawn. Oh yeah, I mean, it, is, it is a it is a lovingly illustrated book. I just didn't care for the story. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sorry, the original was Andy Kubert. Um, now Andy Kubert's still working for DC. So when Origin Two was announced, Kieran Gillen as the writer, and you know Kieran Gillen, I love the guy, but you know he's been hit or miss lately. And uh, Adam Kubert um, is the artist on this one, and I had no intention of reading it until yesterday 
<laughs> when I came across an article that showed the cover under the actual cover. Because if you look at just the regular cover, it's Wolverine, and he's got his his um it's his hand, and it's got the the bla- the uh, you know the his claws. The claws out, and you know, it's but got the wolves in the background. Yeah, but, but you, it's the two claws popped, right? Yeah, yeah. it's the two claws. I, I kept thinking that it was X-23. <laughs> <laughs> but it's an acetate cover, and when you flip it, which I didn't realize on the comic stands, Mr. Sinister is under it. Uh, I don't have that. Yeah. You don't have – did you buy it in paper? Or on? No, I, I bought it digitally, and there's a there's like a covers in the back. There's like you know the main cover, the variant cover, a Deadpool cover, a Hastings variant cover. But I do yeah. not see anything with Mister Sinister. Yeah, like there's Wolverine with his claws popped, and when yes. you pull, when you turn the cover, the claw, you know, his hand with the claws goes away, and where that in place of that is Mister Sinister's face. And you know, once I found out Mister Sinister was going to be in here, my interest was piqued. Uh-huh. And and you know, because I'm a Mister Sinister fan, and you know, yeah. he does kind of make an appearance in this first issue, mm. very subtly. You've got the um, the wolf, with the lone the, wolf. The lone wolf with the diamond, and at the very end of the book, um, there the there's a there's a big bloody battle between Wolverine and this bear, and on the bear there's a little thing that says subject to N Essex. Yeah. Uh, well, Nathaniel Essex is Mister Sinister. Uh, I did not know that. So, like you know, I, I, once I found out Mister Sinister was going to be in it, I went ahead and gave it a shot, and I got to say, I'm glad I did. I really really enjoyed this issue. It was extremely pretty, and it was kind of, it was an interesting story. I don't I don't necessarily say it was a life. I don't think it was a four ninety nine story. Let me put it that way. No, I, I think you're paying for the acetate cover on that one. Well, but I bought it digitally. Well, oh. yeah, it should have been three ninety nine. <laughs> yeah. So I, I thought it was a bit overpriced where I got, but it's beautiful. I thought the story w- was interesting. I like that they did. You know, less is more. I mean, he, he there's no dialogue in this book at all. There's zero thought bubbles really well there's a few thought bubbles but there's no talking it's just logan being you know back to wilderness logan and and i liked it i, I liked it a lot yeah i did too i i, I love the illustration on it and the, there's the scene where we see the uh the polar bear on his hind legs after he's visited the wolf den oh yeah and i mean it's just a crushing powerful Ter- scene terrifying know? yeah yeah and I, I just you know kubert just does a magnificent job drawing these th- drawing these pages and you know i'll we'll spoil a little bit because you know that's what we do um wolverine fights the polar bear and you know we're so used to wolverine being just such a magnificent badass but you forget you know a lot of that is afforded to him through his adamantanium you know claws and skeleton well you know he's 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 bony uh wolverine at this point and gets his ass handed to him by the polar bear. And there's the scene where the polar bear is just munching on his throat yep. and spits out a chunk of Wolverine. Yep. Oh, God. I mean, it is just uh, quite gruesome, but powerful in the way the story is told and, and the way that uh, Wolverine is grieving. You know, I just I, – I thought it was awfully good. It was. There was a shocking amount of blood in this issue. Yeah. There was a lot, but it was all in. Well, not all in. Logan, well, Logan and animal blood. And uh, to fall back to uh, the Wolverine, the the film that came out earlier this year, you know, I really wish they could make a rated R version of the Wolverine <laughs> because there's not near enough blood you know, and guts. Well, for the kind of character he is, you know, in his standalone stories, I really wish they could do a rated R version. Well, you know what? There actually is a Blu-ray. It's called the Unrated Un or Extended or Unleashed Extended Edition of the Wolverine. Uh huh. Um, that is, 
an R-rated version of the movie. Have, have you seen it? Yes, it has significantly more blood. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Huh. I may have to check that out. I'm I don't curious like blood what you bl- saw it since you hated the movie. Uh, well, you know, it's a comic movie, so I still bought the same <laughs> thing. <laughs> you, yeah, see, I wouldn't go that far, but I do I do still want to see The Wolverine. I'm, I'm waiting for it to show up on some sort of streaming service I have access to. I really I haven't rather bought know. it yet, so I have to figure out which version I want to buy. Is it worth it to go with the unrated version, Paul? Well, it has both, so you might as well. Oh, yeah. um, but I will say the the, the 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 crux of it is that the unrated or the unleashed whatever the hell edition it is um, is only available in the 3D set. Now you oh. don't. Ha- I mean, it comes so it comes with a 3D Blu-ray, so it's probably like five bucks more. Now the unleashed edition is not 3D. You can watch it, you know, just fine, but you have to pay the extra for the 3D set. Sure. Um, but it, it's worth it. I think it's absolutely worth it. It has a good 20 minutes extra. Um, in fact, significantly longer fight scene at the end where uh, Logan goes into the town before he approaches the tower. Uh huh. Um, there's there's a good 10 minutes cut out of that scene. Interesting. Um, I'll check that so, out. Yeah, I would check it out. And honestly, uh, you know, for Funny Books listeners, check out Origin too. I, I I recommend it. I really dug this first issue, and I'll be on board for the second one. Yeah, it was good. It was good. I I I'll read the the second issue of this. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm I'm curious to see how Mr. Sinister plays into it. Very good. So there were very few books that came out this week, you know, it being the holiday week. And uh, one of those books was Forever Evil number four. And I think everybody but uh, Mr. Andrew read that book. That is correct. I, uh, I have not been reading Forever Evil, so I did not want to hop in on issue four. Well, sorry. Let's, let's talk to Andrew about what he's missing. Okay, go ahead. And go. So, Wayne, did you read this one? I did. What'd you think? Well, it's really, I really enjoyed it, but the problem is it seems so long between issues that I think this is going to read much better in trade than it does individually. So I think Andrew may not be missing anything by not getting the individual <laughs> issues. He yes. may be better off waiting for the trade and read it together. See, but it's you know, and that, that's funny because we talked about that a little bit previously. It's really not that long. It's only a month in between issues. It is just a monthly series. I know. Why does it seem so much longer? Because Marvel is pumping them out. Double, yeah. Marvel double ships everything, so all their big properties are twice a month. I, well, you know, you know what I'm really waiting for though to read for Avril? I'm waiting for DC Unlimited to come out. God, man, <laughs> I need I need access to the DC Digital Vault. I I, yeah, just, I will get that immediately. Yeah, no, I I. I, yeah, I would. I would as well. Based on my experience with Marvel Unlimited, I would be all over some DC Unlimited. Yeah, Same. you know, I think one of the reasons why it may seem like this is taking so long between issues is that there's all this happening with the main characters that doesn't affect any of their main books right now. So, like when Marvel does one of their big events, or usually when DC does a big event, there's tie-ins, and there are tie-in miniseries of this that I'm not getting, but that might be it. Is that it just this is a standalone story at the moment until after it's over. And that might be what's making it feel like it's lasting so long because we'll get this and then we'll get a regular Nightwing that has nothing to do with Nightwing's identity having been revealed. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that unfortunately, you know, I mean, that's something if you're going to enjoy forever evil at all, you got to 
get past that. Yeah. But, you know, I'm digging Forever Evil quite a lot. I mean, the, the main title has been fantastic, and the Justice League tie-in issues have been really good. Um, and I would say I would say that about these two issues that came out this week, both Forever Evil number four and Justice League number 26, both of them just very strong issues. Um, I love the opening scene between Batwoman and Cat, uh, Batman and Catwoman. Uh, where you know he's got her blindfolded, leading her into the Batcave, and she's like, "I've imagined a scenario involving you, me, and a blindfold before Batman, but it didn't include walking in the cold for hours or the stench of stale water." Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, uh, I like that she references the dinosaur as beyond ridiculous. Well, and what I like about it, this scene is that it very, it's subtle. It, it very subtly explains to you what the status quo is yep. their status quo in the new 52 she doesn't know he's bruce wayne she doesn't know where the bat cave is you know and all because all that stuff she knew right part of new 52 i mean she was you know practically living with him for a while well so, and the illustration that uh, david finch provides us of the bat cave is awesome oh yeah i mean he just he, <laughs> i love how everything is set up I, I you know the the uh the view is spectacular um you know i i was zooming in on because on, i bought it digitally i was zooming in on all the batmobiles i know? did the same thing just and, to see which ones they were exactly exactly well and to see that that the old you know bat-faced batmobile is still in the bat cave you know? mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I, I thought i thought it was cool i did i, I thought it was cool yeah no it's it's you know in I've complained about David Finch's art, and I think my main issue with David Finch isn't necessarily his art, but the inking. Yeah. Because sometimes on some of the smaller panels, it looks a little muddy. Yeah. Um, but I think this was my favorite issue of Forever Evil so far. Well, and why does uh, Batman have a steam-powered motorcycle? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you know what? I think it's because of um, Zero Year. Oh, okay. Because, you know, there's no power. Oh, okay. Well, but, I mean, there's no gasoline. Oh. Yeah, I, I just thought it was amusing that he had a steam-powered motorcycle. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I love the scene in here between uh, Bizarro and Lex Luthor. Absolutely. That was a fantastic character moment between Luthor and Bizarro. And, I mean, this is probably my favorite depiction of the Bizarro character ever. Yeah, agreed. I mean, because I've always never kinda, been a fan. Yeah, I've always kind of hated Bizarro. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think the closest – uh, handling of the character that I've enjoyed uh, is how John Byrne handled him in the Old Man of Steel series, mm-hmm. you know. But you know where he was the failed clone that Luthor created. Um, but the the emotion that Luthor shares with him and how Bizarro responds to that is fantastic. Yeah. I, I really dug that. And I got to tell you, for for one of the oh wow that's so fucking cool moments in the book is Batman using the uh, Sinestro ring. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm disappointed that we didn't get to see more of it, because, I mean, literally, he he has the ring working for him for three panels before it gets smashed, you know, before it loses its charge and gets smashed. Uh, but, you know, we do get to see somebody released from the ring, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, which, so I have a, a that's my, my main, my only qualm with this book. Uh-huh. And, um, so spoilers on, because at the end of Jeff Johns' run on Green Lantern, he specifically said that Sinestro was not heard from again. And this book, also written by Jeff Johns, 
features Sinestro in it. And it could just be that Sinestro was not heard from from the Green Lantern Corps, so he'll find a way around it. Sinestro helps and then goes away, and Green Lantern never sees him. Oh, he won't bother finding a way around it because it's Sinestro. He's going to be a character that Green Lantern deals with again. It, it's yeah, going to happen. Jeff Johns I'm is the continuity guy, though. Yeah, I'm kind of curious if he's even been gone all this time. I haven't read any of the stuff from the uh, whoever took over after him. I don't know. if Is Sinestro actually not been in the book this time? I don't know. I haven't been reading it either. Exactly. So he may have been back in the book. True, true. But I mean, it's still, you know, it's an awesome sequence, especially if you've been reading, especially if you read the Jeff Johns Green Lantern book, you know, to see Sinestro pop up at the end. Right. You know, ready to ready to take down Power Ring. Now, my only complaint about these two books that came out in the Forever Evil storyline this week um, is in the Justice League book, Justice League number 26, the cover shows Power Ring fighting Sinestro. Yes. Um, And it says, Power Ring Unleashed! And so you're given to believe that you're going to pick up right where we left off. And in terms of continuity, you do, except that we don't focus on Power Ring. You no, know, in fact, you know, it's basically all flashbacks. Yeah, it's all flashbacks telling you origins, and you that scene on the cover you do not get to see in the book. You know, there is no f- continuing fight between Sinestro and Power Ring. Um, so a little, dis- you know, a, a little disappointing in terms of you know, because I was hoping let's just go ahead and pick up right on the next page because wouldn't that be awesome? But yeah. uh, no, yeah, very misleading. I mean, again, the book itself, I enjoyed. No, no, absolutely. I enjoyed this book, and it gave you a lot of background on the crime syndicate. And you know, it makes you really wonder who that guy is that's uh, trussed up with the hood over his head. You know, I got to say, I have no freaking idea who it is. You know, yeah. by this point in, in, you know, in every story, you know, there are at least theories. I have no idea who the hooded figure is. Yeah, nor do I. But, you know, it, it, apparently he's working with someone because, you know, there's that scene where someone says soon yeah, from off panel and he smiles. Yeah. So if that's giving more of the history of the crime syndicate is uh, do you guys know exactly whose side Superwoman's on? Hers. Cause she se- OK, because she yeah. seems to be playing <laughs> both sides against each other yeah. between Al Man and uh, Uberman. No, well, she, and I don't- she, she is on her side. Yeah, and I don't believe we've gotten the Superwoman origin yet. I know we've gotten the Ultraman. I know we've gotten the Owl Man, and in this issue we get Johnny Quick and Atomica, and we get Power Ring, and I by think the, we even get Deathstorm. By the way, the Johnny Quick and uh, Atomica origin loved it. Oh yeah, yeah, so they're, good, they're just kind of natural born killers wand- wandering through uh, their version of the DC universe. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's really well done. This issue, and you know, like you said, the Justice League books, you know, they they they're all origin stories, but they still somehow find a way to further the story a little bit. Yeah, that's because Jeff Johns is really good at his job. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's <laughs> this, there's a scene with the hooded man that's yeah. very important, and um, there's a scene with Cyborg. Yeah, that I think is pretty important too. Now, I would like to fuss about Grid. Which is uh, cyborg minus the uh, human elements? Yes, sir. Okay, so if he's minus the human elements, why does he have a skull mouth? Hmm. Why does he have teeth? Why? I mean, and that all looks like it's bone. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't understand that. I think it's an artistic interpretation. I don't think it's because I mean it, it, it's the same color as the metal at the top of his head, so it could just be metal teeth mm. made to look like skull. Mm. 
Uh, good issue though. I mean, both issues are were good. Um, now I gotta say, you know, when when only four books came out last week, I anticipated that something would happen <laughs> important in one of them. Right. You know, because you know that that's typically what happens when comic companies release very few books. They make those books count. You know, whether it be Flashpoint or something along those lines. And none of these books did have anything along those lines. Right. You know, they were just the next issues of the titles. So a little disappointed in that. But you know, that brings us to Marvel's book of or Marvel's other book this week, which was Avengers twenty four point now, um, which is also issue one of Rogue Planet. They have a big number one on the cover like it's new reader friendly. <laughs> Warning <laughs> it's totally not. Okay, you know, hi- highlight of the book, Paul. Yes, sir. Is Thor working the grill? Oh, I know. <laughs> I have prepared steaks, hamburgers, and veggie burgers. Furthermore, I have grilled the hot dog. Though the quality of this meat seems questionable, this I cannot recommend. Yes. I also attempted a lobster, but the beast defeated me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is absolutely the best scene in the book. Yeah, and then uh, Captain Universe walks up as he's you know sc- you know dishing up dinner to everybody, and, and he says, "And what would you like, Captain?" I have hamburgers, veggie burger. And she goes, pie. Do you have any pie? Aye. We have made ready such pastries, and we have done so with vigor. Bring forth the pies! And Hulk comes in with four platters just teeming with pies. We have mead pie, beer pie, and for the truly daring, thimblevinter pie. How does this sound, good captain? I just, I love it. I love it. And then you've got, you know, uh, Spider-Woman and Black Widow drunk on beer pie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. It, 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 that is, it, it's, it's, it's a scene that you would expect from a Bendis yes, book. Yes, absolutely. But it's, you know, it's Jonathan Hickman. Yeah. Which goes to show he can do the character moments. Yeah, he can. And um, the funny. He can, he can do, do the funny. funny. Yeah. Which, you know, Bendis is really skilled at having a, 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 a character-led funny moment. And, you know, Hickman, Hickman nails it. He stuck this landing. I, I, yeah. was, I was very impressed by it and enjoyed it a great deal. Because, you know, the one thing that Bendis falters at, for me, is his action sequences. Right. Whereas Hickman does not. Right. And so 24 Point Now is the first part of this Rogue Planet storyline, which is it's an extra-sized book. And, man, it feels like it because so much happens in this one issue. Yes. You know, we have the scene previously that we talked about, and basically what happens is that there is this planet that is hurtling towards Earth, and the Iron Man of the future of 3030, yes. I think, yes. has come back in time to help the Avengers, you know, to stop this from happening. And uh, basically, you know, their solution is, you know, they build this device so that both planets can exist in the same place, Um you know, basically just occupying the same space, but at, I guess different vibrational frequencies or something. Yeah. And now, I I would like them to be able to tell a Marvel story in the Marvel Now storyline or you know space uh-huh. that does not involve some kind of time travel. I'm, yeah, I'm that finding, would be nice. I'm finding all of the uh, time travel, uh, you know, a little uh, a little oh, much. So, yeah. Well, and you know what? They've avoided that thus far in Avengers. I think. You know, Hickman's run has not had much time travel. Right. But we had it, you know, as the big Age of Ultron storyline that Bendis uh, gave us. True, but they avoided it in Infinity. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, it does look like this is going to be a time travel-heavy storyline as the next issue features what appear to be the past Avengers coming to the present. Yeah. So, I mean, this book had, I think, three different art teams on it. 
they had Esad Ribic, um, you had Mike Diodato art, Salvador LaRocca. I mean, what'd you think of the issue overall? You know, I liked it enough. Um, I, I it just feels like and I didn't don't get me wrong, I, I enjoy, you know, the big Avengers stories, you know, cosmic crap going on. But, you know, I think you have to temper some of that. If you if you've done you know, a big cosmic story, I think you have to turn around and do something more planet based, you know, uh, you know, I think you, I think you have to have your, your, you know, Cree scroll war tempered by your count nefaria, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I just don't feel like you can keep going back to the, you know, ever raising stakes of, of, uh, you know, global, uh, glo- global cataclysm and universal upheaval, because after a while, it just it, it, it loses its its oomph. And I, I like this story, and I think it's, I think it stands stands great on its own. But it just seems like we just had this kind of story. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I wish they had just gone with the first half of the issue. Yeah, you know, I wish they had you know had the 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 foreshadowing of the future Iron Man coming back, and you know the scene basically with them at the barbecue. And I think that would have been just fine. Yeah. But you know, I liked the reveal of, of who the Iron Man, and I'll throw that up in air quotes from uh, thirty thirty was. You know, uh, I, I it was a good book, and you know, and, and and I I feel like I'm I'm complaining about something that I probably shouldn't be complaining about. It just seems too soon for this type of story. Yeah, I know. I agree with you, and you know, it's funny. I I read an interview with Jonathan Hickman and. I don't remember if it was Axel Alonso or someone like that, you know, but someone from you know Marvel editorial, mm-hmm. right? And so you know they were talking about this issue, and you know Jonathan Hickman's like, you know, because they put a number one on the cover, and Jonathan Hickman thought that was hilarious. He's like, I don't know why they put a number one on the cover. This is entirely not new reader friendly. And the guy from editorial, or you know, or in publishing, is like, no, 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 it, it, it's absolutely new reader friendly. I, I think it's entirely new reader friendly because blah blah blah. We start a new storyline and blah blah blah. And Jonathan Hickman's like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> but you know, you, you can you can hear like the writer's point of view versus you know the guy who's trying to sell the book is like, right. no, buy the damn book. We put a number one on it. Buy it. And Jonathan right. Hickman's like, eh, you read the first twenty three issues first. Right. Um. And I, I I don't feel it's new reader friendly at all. Well, and and maybe you know Jonathan Hickman tells such detailed stories, and maybe it's the number one that's thrown me off. I mean, this could just be a continuation of the story he was already telling. You yeah. Know? And and if that is, I will I will uh, you know uh, rescind my gripe. But uh, I, I like well, it. I it just. I, 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 I agree with you. I, I, I think it wasn't enough of a palate cleanser after yeah. Infinity. And I just think there needed to be some something else in between these types of stories. Because, you know, we still haven't resolved the, you know, issue of the of the uh, incursions, right? Don't we still have an incursion issue? Yeah, but that's in New Avengers. Right, but what I'm saying is, I mean, you've still got this, you know, global threat, you know, of, of, of really annihilation – that hasn't been resolved with some of these characters, uh, and now they're going to face this thing. It just it just seems a bit much at the same trough. Yeah, agreed. And, and that's all I have to say on that. So, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I believe it was Funny Fan on Ideology of Madness. Yes, sir. Um, put out the suggestion that we talk about on the show books that we read that no one else on the podcast does you know, right. that we, we have a, a conversation about 
you know, titles that maybe we don't dedicate time to because the other guys don't read it. And, you know, a little, you know, uh, what, what, what do you call it? Inside baseball right. here is that, you know, we, we typically only talk about books if more than one person has read it. That way it's a conversation, not a review. And so we don't t- typically talk about these books that we're going to talk about now, but, you know, there, there are definitely a couple of highlights that we wanted to chat about. And one of those, uh, for me, is Lock and Key. And Paul's been trying to get us to read this for forever. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's not superheroes. It's not, you know, published by the big two. It's, it's, you know, it's a bit out of the norm. And, you know, books like that, unfortunately, typically end up being wait for the trade type of books. And so Lock and Key, they had a, a big sale on it that ended uh, December 29th uh, on Comixology. But Aaron, you picked up the first book, didn't you? I, I did, and I read it even. Oof. What'd you think? Um, I see what you like about it. Um, I like I like this book rather a lot. It was not at all what I was expecting. And and I should say I went into it with uh, you know wild misconceptions on what this this book actually is. <laughs> so um, tell me about what your original conceptions were. Well, I've never opened Lock and Key. I have no idea what the artwork looks like inside, but for some reason, the name Lock, and it's spelled L-O-C-K-E and Key, I had it in my head that this was some kind of supernatural uh, uh, agents, you know, that these guys were, were not like X-Files guys, but, you know, uh, folks who, who went around and, and hunted ghosts, right? Um, I don't know. I don't know why I thought that, other than I think that's what the name evoked for me. Well, for me, when I hear the name and see the spelling, I think that's got to be very British. And uh, so when I when I opened the book, I, I actually I, I bought the uh, volume one uh, on Comicsology, and I wound up rereading the first chapter twice. Uh, because I, I had such a wild misconception, like, well, wh- where are the where are the supernatural detective guys? <laughs> uh, and you know, that's not what it's about. It is, you know, the book starts off with a uh, a family, you know, father, mother, and three kids, and you know, uh, the father is murdered, and it's how things work out after that, um, and the 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 changes that happen to the surviving family members, and this book is horrific, yeah. and it is what's stunning about it is the art is almost it has an all ages kind of feel to it. Um, you know the 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 the, uh, the characters have unusually emotive eyes. You know, and it just there is almost a uh, a juvenile take or style to the artwork and I, and I don't mean that as a criticism I, I, don't, I don't mean to say that the art is simple it just has that that artwork that you might see in a storybook versus you know an adult graphic novel or a mature readers graphic novel but there are scenes in this book that are just horrifying just oh, yeah. horrifying and there is you know we, we talk all the time about how hard it is to scare the reader in a uh, in a comic book. Um, and I think they did an awesome job in, in this story of raising the stakes, making it personal, and really having you scared for the well-being of the character. Because you know, as you're rolling through and you see just how callously the bad guy is killing people, you're like, you know, this is – number one, it's a creator-owned book. 
you know, you know, it's a finite series because, you know, uh, going into it, I knew that the, the final issue of the series was, was published just a, just a week or two ago. Um, you, there is no, uh, guarantees that your, your main cast is going to get out of this alive. And, you know, if they've already killed the dad off in, in the first issue, maybe they're going to kill off one of the siblings, you know? And so it was a, uh, there was, there was a lot of tension and the scene where, uh, the bad guy, beats the sister with the uh-huh. flashlight oh my god oh my god i mean th- this book is uh fantastic and when i finished it last night i went out and bought the next two volumes awesome and in fact volume three is probably my favorite oh yeah of the bunch because um, uh-huh. there are six volumes well there's technically seven because there's um they had a two-part finale called alpha uh-huh um but I think Volume Three is is my favorite. But they are all spectacular reads, and it just gets better from here. And yeah, there there's there are a ton of, of, of there's a ton of death coming your way, Aaron. Well, and the I I am entranced by how well the story is told, both in terms of the text as well as visually. There's that scene with uh, uh, the bad guy whose name I've already forgotten. Um, who is in the counselor's office, right? Uh-huh. And there is a picture of the well house from Key House, right? Yes, sir. And you know, you look at it, and it's you know, it's just this beautifully rendered you know drawing of the well house. But as you, as he looks at it, he sees you know Echo, you know, who is you know trapped in the well house, and who's saying, "Help me!" <laughs> you know, it's it's just I love. You know, Sam is the character. Um, yeah. I, I love just how well that uh, that vis- the vision of the spirit is included within the picture you've already seen. You know, it's something that Ghosted did really well in an issue a couple of issues back on just have, applying that spooky atmosphere. Yeah, but what I love about – one of the things I love about Lock and Key is that Gabriel Rodriguez is the artist. Yeah. And he is for the entire series. That's awesome. Um, no fill-ins. I mean, he he has done every issue of the series, and his art is gorgeous, and it just gets better and better. Awesome. Well, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, Paul. Oh, I am glad you picked it up. Now, <laughs> I picked up something that you recommended. Well, I don't know if you recommended or just said you were reading it. Uh-huh. Which was The Damnation of Charlie Wormwood. And I do recommend it. Now, this is a Thrillbent comic, the same yeah. company that Mark Wade runs. So it is available. You can pay for it to get it through Comixology with the guided view, or you can get it free from Thrillbent.com or whatever. Uh, I think it's Thrillbent.com. Now, I, I guess because of the title, speaking of you know preconceived notions, I assumed this was a supernatural book. Right. Yeah. With with you know with a name like Wormwood, it would have to be right. Well, in Damnation of Charlie Wormwood, I mean yeah. that sounds entirely supernatural, and it is. Absolutely not. Yeah. At least not yet. I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it is either. Yeah, I know that the the the, uh, the name is a little it, it gives you a uh, expectation that that is never delivered on. Now the 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 setup for the book is that Charlie Wormwood is uh, the father of a very sick young man who's you know it seems like the disease may be incurable. Um, medical bills have skyrocketed. He is a teacher by day as well as a prison teacher and you know so he's doing everything he can to to uh you know make things work but you know he uh he uh 
isn't isn't making enough money to cover his son's medical expenses. Now the story is based on true events. The uh, writers uh, Christina Blanche and Chris Carr both worked as educators within the prison system, and so a lot of what they're telling in these pages uh, is is are true stories, or at least based on some element of truth. Uh, so Paul, tell me what you thought about it. Uh, you know, again, going with my preconceived notions, I read that first issue and I'm like, when does it get scary? <laughs> um, but it doesn't. And so once I was able to reconcile that in my head, I really enjoyed it. Um, when you know, did you it, find it is, out it was based on a true story? I'm sorry. I said, when did you find out it was based on a true story? It's in it's in the uh, the Comicsology editions provide you additional content. So there's a there's a value to buying the Comicsology version versus getting it free on the website, and you get a lot of essays from the writers. So Paul. Oh, it got really quiet. Like yeah. everyone caught off there. Um, <laughs> no, agree. You know, the the bonus content definitely added to my enjoyment of the book. And once I found out that it was based on their actual experiences, you know, I um I took a couple of semesters of criminal justice back in college because uh-huh. that was going to be my major for a while. And um, you know, so you learn about you know how the people who work in prisons end up getting close to the prisoners, and you're not supposed to reveal any personal information or any of that. And this book is all about that. Right. You know, it's about how this guy, Charlie Wormwood, ends up becoming too close with one of the prisoners and you know, reveals a bit too much information. And you know, this guy's trying to be his friend and basically, you know, corrupts Charlie into you know, Charlie needs the money. Right. And you know, these prisoners kinda flock to that and okay, well you need money here. I here's a couple things you can do for me, and they're not illegal. You just go say something to somebody and done. Um and so it, it, I think it's a really interesting premise. Um, and I, I, I enjoyed the book. You know, it's it's not a fun book. No, it, it is. You know, it is very much. It, it it's a crime book. Yeah, and it it is you know rendered monochromatically. It's all you know gray tones. Um, and it, it and I think that really supports the type of story because it is it is very very dark and no hope. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, you can see. That the the life raft that this guy is clinging to has got holes in it, you know. Yeah. Uh, the it, it's all going to be bad, and you know it really. There is a Breaking Bad element to this, you know. Uh, it rem, it reminds me very much of the way things start with Walter White in uh, the Breaking Bad television show. Um, you know, he he's a good man trying to do good for his family by doing bad, and it's the corruption. You know that I think you'll eventually see. We have not seen it yet. He's still basically a good guy. Just you know, he's surrounding himself with uh, even more bad folks. And I, I gotta tell you, I dug it. I dug it. I, I'm enjoying the the different stories within the prison. You know, you're getting these different origins of the characters there. Uh, I like it rather a lot. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely worth checking out. And like we said, on Thrillbent.com, free. Yeah. So you don't need to pay for it. Now I do recommend paying for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do too. Just because you know the bonus content and and it's and the guided a, view, the guided view, things like that. But it, it's 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 really good. And there are three issues out there right now, and those three issues are pretty chunky. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you get more than you do in an average comic book. Yeah, and same price. You know, because it's thrill bent, you get some of the uh, you know digital viewing enhancements you know where the where the panels are moving and changing within the book uh so it's it's pretty good read from comiXology i like it rather a lot 
Absolutely. So another book that we don't really talk about, and we, we did briefly during the – you know we do only during crossovers essentially, is Wolverine and the X-Men. Uh-huh. Now, uh, I think it's on issue 39, and there's only about four more issues left before they go into the all-new Marvel Now with what they're calling the second season of the book. Um, it is – my favorite X-Men book. And I, I you know, I enjoy all new X-Men. I enjoy Uncanny X-Men. But I think Wolverine and the X-Men is my favorite X-Men book. Really? Um, yeah. Now, again, I, I know you didn't necessarily care for Amazing X-Men, which is also written by Jason Aaron. Uh-huh. But I don't know. This just this has the feel that I'm looking for in an X-Men book. And it's the feel that hasn't been there in a while. You know, I mean, X-Men has gone way far from the original days of students in a school getting into adventures and dealing with teenage problems. You know, that's not who the X-Men are anymore, but that's who these X-Men are. Right. And I think that's what I enjoy about this book so much is that, you know, these are kids in school and the issues and, you know, that, that arise from them, you know, you've got love stories and, you know, teenage drama and, and all of that, you know, and at the same time, there's still adventures and, and things happening. Um, and I think it's just a great, great book. Um, you know, the art's been a little inconsistent because they keep changing the artist, but I think it's one of those. Unfortunately, when it comes to Marvel, all their books have shifting artists because of their double sk- shipping. Right. Um, but it's just a, it's a fantastic book, and I, I think you know when the run is done, I think people are really going to look back at this Jason Aaron run of Wolverine and the X Men or Wolverine and the X Men, and uh, you know, really, I think it'll be amongst you know one of the, those seminal X Men runs. It's one of those titles, it's on my list of books that if I ever find a really cheap version of the trades I plan on picking up, because I haven't read the series, I've only read it during the crossovers, but all of the crossover issues have been pretty good that happened over there, and it yeah. seems like the uh, the title itself might be interesting, so if I can find a cheap trade, I'll probably pick up a trade or two. Yeah, what I like about it is that Jason Aaron is one of those guys who doesn't get lost in the story over the characters, um, you know, and and so you get tons of excellent characterization of Wolverine and the X Men, and you get all these lovable characters that you are attached to, you know, th- at the end of what they call season one, or like there was like a midpoint where one of the characters got really injured, and it was like a really sad scene, you know, you really, you know, when you thought this character was going to end up dying. And, and you know his, his battle to to come back to uh, to come out of his coma and things like that was you know really heart wrenching and it was just really well done. So I would recommend picking up Wolverine and the X Men. There are a ton of trades out there, or if you have your Marvel Digital Unlimited subscription, you can probably read up to the last six months worth of issues. So definitely check that out. Now Wayne, you wanted to chat about the Valiant Universe. Yeah, I never talk about it because no one else reads it, but uh, I still am really loving most of the Valiant books. So when they did the whole relaunch, I jumped on basically entirely in the on board. I bought every single title. Well, that doesn't happen anymore. I uh, I dropped uh, Shadow Man. I dropped Bloodshot. But Exo Manowar and Harbinger are still both really good. And there's a big crossover going on right now between most of the titles that has been uh, it's been excellent it's a nice introduction to some of the characters they've brought in Eternal Warrior and they've given him his own title and that's been incredible as well so it's part of it may still be the nostalgia of the old Valiant 
but these are their own new stories that are holding up on their own. Like, well, I really wish more people were reading these books. Yeah, well, I enjoyed Exo Manowar. I read the first storyline, and then it just you – know, it, it's just one of those things that got by the wayside because I had all this other stuff to read. But I have picked up the first arc of Shadow Man, and I plan to read it. Um, I do want to mention for those listening to the podcast, Comixology has a digital sale on on 500 plus Valiant comics. So that includes both New Universe and the original Valiant Universe for 99 cents each, and uh, it goes until January 3rd. Yeah, as much as I was a fan of uh, the original Harbinger and uh, a fan of some of, of Eternal Warrior and all, I think the strongest book in their line is Exo Manowar. It is still the best that they've got coming out, and I still I like Archer and Armstrong. I like Harbinger. I like uh, Eternal Warrior, but EXO is definitely where the strength lies. Well, and it was also their first title, the first yeah, and, one they launched this you know this universe with. And it does seem to be kind of a linchpin around at least the the current crossover going on as well. So I say so I wish more people were reading the book. I, I can't sing the praises enough of the stuff they've done over there with the Valiant Universe. I just would avoid Quantum and Woody and Bloodshot. And I said I I didn't care for uh, Shadow Man. That might be more up your alley though, Paul, because it's more of the the magic and mysticism and things like that. Yeah, seems like something I wanted to check out. So, uh, one book that I'd like to add that we don't have in our outline, but I picked it up in the. Uh, 12 free comics of Christmas that uh, Comixology did uh, is The Bunker by Joshua Hill Fialkov. Have you, are you oh, familiar with that? Oh, it's oh, so yeah. Good. Oh, you guys are reading it as well. Uh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, uh, the, the premise is, is that, you know, some, some young friends, you know, university age, go out to it, to the woods to plant a time capsule. And what do they find but a bunker? That apparently has everything about their future in it, and apparently they are all big players in the ultimate apocalypse of the world. And uh, I gotta tell you, I just read the first issue, but it was awesome. Yeah, it's extremely well done. Really, yeah, I didn't know any of you were reading it. Well, yeah, I, I don't remember how I got my hands on the first issue. It wasn't through Comicsology. I think I just got an email about it or something and checked it out. Well, I, I dug it, and I'm in for it now. I'm uh, I'm picking up the other books. All right, so we'll chat about it more on the show. Yeah, awesome. Well, Paul? Yes, sir? What's coming out next week? All right, well, next week, there are some books coming out, and uh, you know, uh, we should probably preface this by saying we're probably not going to be talking about any of them. Oh, that's right, because next week is what? Next week is the fifth annual Funny Book Awards. Fourth? Fourth, I think. Fourth annual Funny Book Awards. We've already had this conversation. Yes, we have. And you know, we we had said actually that we were going to do the funnies this week, but we realized that we weren't going to be able to have all of our hosts on, and so uh, we we are postponing it for a week. So you've still got more time. Yeah. So get in your suggestions at ideologyofmadness.com or on the Ideology of Madness hotline for um, suggestions for award categories. And Aaron, the ideology uh, it's actually the fifth funny book awards. Wow. Um, Aaron, the phone number is? 972-763-5903. That number, once again, is 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you could win a valuable, coveted Ideology of Madness surprise. Well, and Brian's side of things is not many books coming out next week. So come back here. Check out the Funny Book Awards. I'm sure it'll be a giant-sized episode, as it always is, and I'm really looking forward to it. 
as am I. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year! Woo! Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.